We're really pleased that CASA are sponsoring this episode. CASA are the UK's leading art supplies retailer. CASA have a huge range of products on their website. They're great for printmakers, painters, hobbyists, and they also have multiple stores across the UK. All of their staff are artists and CASA also supports artists with prizes, scholarships and a free exhibition or workshop space for local artists. Get 10% off your next online order at casart.co.uk with the code OUTOFINK, all capital letters. This is valid until the 31st of December 2022. That's 10% off with OUTOFINK. See full terms and conditions in the show notes. Welcome to the Out of Ink podcast with myself, Bea Baranowska and Molly Lemon. This is the podcast where two anxious creatives talk openly and honestly about life as an artist. How are you, Bea? Are you feeling any better than week one? Yes. What was I on the anxiety scale in week one? A two? A <laughs> uh, two. You were, you'd been really unwell. And then week week two... You were feeling a bit better. Have you improved again? So I've got over the cold, well, or like the six colds I bought home from America that have lasted two weeks. <laughs> it seemed to be sort of over those, but mm. I'm, I'm still just I'm still just a bit tired. Anyway, anyway, enough about me. How are you? I'm good. I'm quite stressed, mm. but feeling okay. Well, you just told me that her hair started falling out. Just, like literally so just, much of my hair is just coming it's out. It's not, never a good sign. And like, just I am one piece of eczema. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's more eczema than there is not at this point, uh, which is just always a sign that things are not great. Is that brought on by stress? Is it? Yeah. Do yeah. you have a special eczema cream? Uh, yeah, but you're not meant to. It's steroid cream. You're not meant to use it uh, too much. Um, yeah. You don't want to be putting steroids on your face unless you really, really need to. No, it's not on my face. It's like on my head and on. Like my body, arms, legs. Is oh, there? No. Mm. Oh, it's not sorry. fun. Well, yeah, you know, it's, for some reason it's just really stressful being an artist. Who knew? <laughs> I actually don't think like life is not that much more stressful than like it has been the last few years. But my mental health, you know, isn't great this year. So therefore, it feels more stressful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You should be a therapist, honestly. (laughs) That reaction. (laughs) I was going to ask you why your mental health had been bad this year, and then I thought that this could that could turn it this into a very long podcast. Yeah, no, it's just I just this year's this year's quite a tough year, really. Yeah, mentally, like my OCD is so bad at the moment. Like for the window in my studio, I I have to check it when I leave my studio, and I have to go outside round the back of the building and check it from the outside. No, in case no. somehow it opened between me leaving. Like in case that wasn't me. Oh that's so god, bad, that's is so it? Bad. You know when things like OCD, eczema, like the the things that really flare up. Mm. But then if you ask me what's wrong in my day to day, what am I stressed about? Can't name very much. That's why I say it's my mental health, because your head can be unwell. I get quite stressed, but I don't have many, like, 
physical flares yeah. yeah many like things that flare up when i'm stressed mm. i think it just makes me probably, it probably makes me extra tired yeah because worrying just worrying is exhausting mm. i wouldn't say i'm stressed i'd say i'm struggling with anxiety rather than stressed and that leads mm. on to my ocd which, <laughs> which i diagnosed myself with this year after finding out yes i have all the symptoms yes you know <laughs> as i said it earlier on in the on the uh, so anyway, okay. let's move on to the anxiety I'm, scale because... Oh, okay. I, I'm expecting you to be quite low on this week's anxiety scale after that. Uh, yeah, well, everything's relative, isn't it? And I quite like recording, mm. so we'll see. But mm. let's move on. Okay, what is this week's anxiety scale? This week's anxiety scale is alcoholic drinks and B. Do you want to go first again? Because I will never <laughs> go first anymore. <laughs> oh, no. I'd love to go first, Molly. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like uh, such a bad person. No, no. You know, I I deliberately put you first because it just takes the pressure off. I get to listen to you for I'm a so bit. Self-involved crap. <laughs> you go. Get you over go. yourself, Molly. No one wants to hear about your anxieties, oh. girl. <laughs> right. Number ten. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely, non-anxious day. Me yeah. and Molly haven't experienced it in a while. No. Um, I just... Oh, it's quite boring, really. I just put gin. I don't no, drink... No, you have to say what type of gin. What? Well, what, what flavour? Oh, re- well... Hmm. Mm. You put me on the spot now. I haven't pre-prepared this. Well... I put gin because I don't really drink a lot of alcohol at mm. all. But if I'm going to have a glass of alcohol with my dinner, mm. I like a gin and tonic. I like... Plain gin, if it's a really good quality gin, like, um, what's the one with the swan on the front of it? Sipsmith. Sipthorpe? Sipsmith? I'm looking blank. Well, I think it's something like that. Anyway, when it's really, this is so boring, (laughs) when it's really good quality gin, I like just non-flavoured gin and tonic. Lovely. Mm. But if you're going for like a real cheapy gin Mm. that's come from Lidl, Mm. when Lidl does good gins because the flavours are good. So if we're talking flavoured gin, I'm going to go rhubarb, rhubarb and ginger. Mm. That's a good Mm. flavoured gin. So that's a 10. And number one, I've put Guinness. Okay. Uh, I tried it once and that was the biggest mistake ever made. We've just lost all our Irish listeners. <laughs> well, I feel like it's more like an entire meal than a drink. Mm. I once looked at the calorie content on a oh, can really? of Guinness. It's literally like 500 calories. Mm. Yeah, okay. And then today I said I'm a four and would you like to guess what alcohol that is? Uh, I'm going to say that is a white wine. No, I quite I quite rate a white wine. Oh, okay. I've put it at Jägermeister. <laughs> I've never had that. Did you never have at uni a Jägerbomb? I did 99p Jägerbombs when I was at uni and they were all the rage. And uh, they're okay if you're a little bit drunk, but uh, really on its own, Jägermeister does not taste nice. No, and okay. And I would not rate it. I would say no thank you these mm. days, if, if, if offered it. Mm, okay. So the reason I'm confused is because I started drinking quite early on in my life. What? What? (laughs) You mean late on? I think you mean late on. I don't. I mean, my parents used to let me have a glass of wine on a Sunday from quite young How old are we talking here? Ten. (laughs) Should I be saying that? Social worker and the child psychologist. Glad they're both retired. Um, no, so they used to go by the whole thing of if you give your child 
alcohol little they won't become an alcoholic alcoholic, which has proved right whereas they starved me of sugar and I'm obsessed (laughs) with it (laughs) um so and and then I yeah I was like drinking wine and then imagine you as a 10 year old just sipping on some red wine like the most middle class 10 year old that that was (laughs) so from like 10 till um just before my 18th birthday or maybe it was my 18th birthday I would have a drink Mm. at parties and things but I had kidney disease from when I was born just undiagnosed so drinking actually wasn't a great idea (laughs) then I got really unwell and didn't drink until my last day at uni where I drank loads and had to be taken home (laughs) um so I never I went to a bar because I was never a legal age and drinking so I don't order at bars I don't know what to order I don't know how to order at bars because where's the queue do you know what I mean? There's never a queue. There's gaps. No. How do they know who was there first? It's awful. Oh, dear. Anyway, so this is just going to explain why my anxiety scale is a little bit uh, basic. Molly chose this anxiety scale. Did I? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. So, at number 10, my mm. least anxious day ever, yeah. pina colada. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we had a lovely yeah. pina colada night at Molly's yeah, last year. Yeah, so I love it. It's fruity. It's not too alcoholy. It's more like, I, to be honest, mm. I, over any alcohol, I'll have a non-alcoholic ginger beer. Thank you very much. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so if the alcohol yeah. tastes like fruit juice, I'm winning. Um, at number one, B mm. is about to disagree with me. And many people have brought this to our house as like a, here you go, thanks for hosting. So, Oh my God, it's red wine, isn't it? Yeah, no offence to all those people, but I just can't stand it. But if you bring red wine to my house, I'll just gift it to the next house I visit, so it's fine, you can keep doing it if you want. Red wine would rate about a 9 for me, and the uh, only reason it doesn't make it to a 10 is because red wine... I have a re- I like it, mm. I, but I have a really low tolerance for it. Mm. It gives me a headache the next day. It gives me bright red cheeks, mm. and I get very drunk if I drink more than two glasses of it. But I like it. Horrible. It goes well with many meals. No, horrible. <laughs> horrible. I've only ever had a sip occasionally, and I don't like it. Even mulled wine is no, not... No, mulled wine's mm, not... We okay. had mulled wine last Christmas, and you drunk it. I would drink mulled wine, but it's like a once a year thing. It's not like a... And I wouldn't have more than one glass, I don't think. So. Do you like white wine or rosé? I really like white wine. And rosé, yeah. And yet you thought I would not rate white wine. Because I knew you were such a red wine fiend, you know? Anyway, mm. and today I am Prosecco slash Champagne okay. because to me they taste very similar. I don't think you love Prosecco or Champagne, but I think you will drink it because I've seen you drink it at weddings. So therefore, I reckon it's a five. I've put it at a seven because I think I even prefer it to seven. white wine. I really like it. Molly started this podcast saying she was having like the most anxious year of her life and yeah. she's rated herself a seven. But that's what, like, everything is relative. Yes, my hair is literally falling out, <laughs> but today compared to yesterday, I'm feeling quite a lot better. Okay. So and there you have it. I'm not trying to push you down, sorry. Yeah, stop trying to beat me down. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm pleasantly surprised by that. I thought you'd be a solid five Prosecco girl. Well, I think the thing is, what I've come to realise is, I never will be a nine or a ten or an eight. So my seven is going to... Ha- my Well, my four is going to have to be a seven, because otherwise I'm just not utilising the whole scale. <laughs> 
This week we're talking about is it ever okay to work for free, which we've realised is quite a controversial topic. Yeah, I was absolutely terrified. When we asked that question on Instagram, I got DMs and people in the question box (laughs) were like really sure what they thought and I just thought, oh my God, we're going to upset people. When we ask for questions, what happens is I get my questions through, Molly gets her questions through. Molly then screenshots me hers and I type them all out and I looked through <laughs> all of Molly's and I said, Molly, there's one of these is a question and the rest are all just statements yeah. of people saying, no, no it's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, Molly's going to explain it better than me, but we basically, we, we have a few questions but honestly, not many questions no. at all for this topic. So instead of answering questions this week, we've kind of split it into four different categories and we're going to discuss each one and mm. the circumstances where you may work for free, you may not, and like the positives and the experience we have. And just remember, we're just two artists. We don't have all the answers. And if we yeah. say something you disagree with, that's fine. <laughs> but um, don't come for us. What categories should we start with? Let's start... With friends and family. Ooh. Mm, Tricky. That is tricky. Today we're going to be talking from the perspective of you're earning some of your money, some of your income is from your business, your creative business. We're not talking about hobbyists who earn nothing because I think that is a different thing. that You wouldn't Mm. be expected to charge maybe only costs. No, if you weren't charging anyone for anything, then obviously you're not going to turn around to your friends and be like, you now owe me this. Because if you do do that, you then are earning some of your money from that and therefore it's kind of moving from a hobby. So Mm. it's part-time employed, bit on the side kind of employed and full-time we're discussing today. Okay. Um, so, be it friends and family, this is an awkward topic, I feel. It is. It's tricky, yeah. I would say it's not the same for everyone. Mm. If you have friends who do similar things to you, or also self-employed, part-time employed, I feel like those friends and family are maybe more uh, sympathetic Mm. to the fact that when you do something for them and it's your time and usually that time is money yeah uh, that they probably should pay you yeah and then you've got on the other side of the spectrum I don't want to offend anyone here Mm. but you just on the other side of the spectrum you have people who uh, they just they've never seen that side Mm. of life like they just have a job with a salary and sometimes people do just assume that because you have a talent or something that you could do for them for free, even if maybe you shouldn't, yeah. I feel like sometimes it's assumed that you will do it for free. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I'd like to say if they really are your true friends and family that care about you, they will offer to pay or say they'll mm. pay because they want to see you succeed and you're not going to succeed by not earning but then again you might have friends and family who can't afford to pay you and then that's a whole different thing I have experienced a bit of both of that yeah I have some very supportive friends and family who just pay full price for my things because they think you know it's my my living yeah and everyone like the general public and my other customers pay full price so like why should they get a discount yeah and then you have the cheeky friend who will be like he'll message you and be like oh i want to buy this but i was wondering if i might have a be able to have a discount yeah <laughs> don't like that message don't enjoy that, message. <laughs> uh, that i'd message. and then obviously some things you do do for free like maybe you choose to gift things to people for Christmas and birthdays Mm. and that's obviously they've not specifically asked for that but you're still giving 
your time and something you've made for free. And that's quite a nice way around it, I think. Yeah. Quite often, if I know of a friend or a family who has been eyeing something up on my website or who, like, who really wants it, yeah. and that's a really good opportunity for me to be like, okay, I'll give that to you for Christmas. And then you can kind of get around that, and then it's two birds, one stone, because I was going to have to buy them a gift anyway, and then they get something that they wanted yeah. from my shop. I found it really hard when I first started out to, when a family would say, can I commission this? I'd find it really yeah. hard to charge and charge accordingly. I'd say, yeah, uh, <laughs> you can pay £20, but really it was, you know, three days work. And yeah. then they were reluctant to ask again because they felt bad. So, you've oh, got so that they acknowledged well. that that wasn't enough money. Yeah, so but... I'd, I'd say... Um, it's £20 and then they'd transfer £80 or something. Like, just knowing I just was feeling really uncomfortable because it is yeah. uncomfortable talking about money with friends and family. But if you've got friends and family that are asking for favours and saying... If they don't say in the message, of course I'll pay. If they say, I can pay, that's not hmm. really acceptable. You either <laughs> say, of course I'll pay for your time and your skills or I'm really sorry I can't pay... You can do not say, I could pay. Because mm. I think that's yeah. rude. Because then you're putting the artist or the creative person in a position where they have to say, yeah, actually, could you? Or, But the likelihood is they'll be polite and say, yeah, don't worry. It's really difficult. I've definitely done things in the past for people where they haven't paid and I've felt too awkward to then send an invoice. Yeah. And then too much time has passed. And I'm like, I spent so much time yeah. on that, but also... I just I just can't. I just feel like I can't invoice that person. Yeah. Um to move on to charity now. So I worked out I donate about 7% of my annual profit to charity and I do that voluntarily. Mm. But it does mean if you do that, you mm. then when cuz charities come to me pretty regularly because they can see I do that. Yeah. Oh, so they ask for money? Well, no, I, well, sometimes, but mainly they ask for favours because they can say I already, you know, support charities, so why would mm. I not want to support another? And then it feels like you've yeah. got a how much can you do kind of thing. That happened to me when I did that. Um, I designed that NHS colouring sheet mm. right at the start of the pandemic and I sold it. All of the money I gave to nhs charities mm. and then i can't remember who it was or maybe i probably shouldn't name them but another charity mm. saw that i'd done that and they came to me and they said oh can you do us a free coloring sheet by that point it had been a few months and it had been quite a lot of hard work mm. designing it packaging it sending it out it's like selling all the orders yeah and they just there is a point where you, you can't say yes to absolutely every charity who asks you because then you probably might bankrupt yourself yeah. So there is a line. You have to decide what's best for you and what time you want to dedicate to it. I think it depends on the charity as well. Like, I support environmental charities. And I, I have in my mind that, that is what I support because I get lots of messages saying, my dog's really ill. Kind of like I get a lot of messages about sick dogs. And I love dogs, but I have to draw the line somewhere. I can't, you know, save everyone. And also, if, if a charity asks you or a non-profit asks you to work for them for free mm. it's mm. okay if you've got big costs to say do you have a budget to help cover some of these costs because yeah the likelihood is the person emailing you is on a wage they're getting paid 
and there might be a budget. So you can always ask. There's no harm in asking it if your costs are high and you feel you need them covered. I'll tell you what I get a lot. I don't know if you ever get this, but I quite often get charities message me saying, oh, we're doing a charity raffle or an auction. Can you donate a piece of artwork? Yeah, I get that. That happens. That happens to me a lot. Yeah, and that's a really tricky one because then they're they're not really asking me to work for free because I've already done the work. Yeah. they're just asking for the work for free so they can then raise money for it. Yeah, which I feel like a couple of times a year to say yes yeah. to as long as the charity is relevant. Is, that's it. It's fine, yeah. but like you can get asked a multiple multiple times a year. You have to have some boundaries. Yeah, you just feel bad though because then like I've said yes to some of those mm. and then you know then has said no to others that maybe had they come first I might have said yes to but you just can't say yes to everything yeah that's yeah you've got to be clear with yourself mm. you know and I also with those they send them out for lots of charities they'll be sending these messages out to, to hundreds to of people of, yeah, so, rather, of of people, so yeah. if you don't reply because you don't know how to I think in that scenario it's okay not to reply they won't notice that you haven't got back to them <laughs> rather than explaining like because there's no nice way of saying I don't want to help your charity because that's not the case really mm, but no. I, I think I ignore lots of messages which is bad it's just time but on that one I'd say it's okay to ignore if you're feeling really uncomfortable because they're not going to chase you up mm. when people ask for artwork that you've already made and they just want to print it you don't even have to print it out and send it they want to take that file and like print it on t-shirts for charity I feel like for me that's okay as long as I believe in the charity well I had one magazine it wasn't a charity but they wanted to use one nature guide they wanted to print in their magazine and I said yeah that's okay and they that I knew there was no money involved but they said you know we're going to put a link to your website we're going to put your name and they sent me a spread of the magazine it looked really nice so I said yes and then a few months later mm. they messaged me again they said can we do it again with this other guide and, it, and they, they they did it about four times mm. and then by the like the third or fourth time I was thinking <laughs> this is mm. all been for free and I'm not sure what I've got out of this and, and at first because it was just a one-off it was okay but now I feel like you're trying to just get a regular feature from my artwork yeah not pay me and actually I don't know if I'm getting the exposure yeah that I initially thought I would get so I said no I feel like that's a good way into the exposure topic the third topic mm. and I do think it's like good to work out what the exposure will be like how many people is, is this going to reach because pe- yeah. exposure could be five people and it's probably <laughs> not going to be worth it. Well, no, that's it. I think this was quite a small magazine mm. and they just didn't have the money to pay artists. But mm. because it was so small and no one was seeing it, yeah. so it really wasn't benefiting me at no. all. And I did feel bad at the end having to say, I'm really sorry, no. Yeah. Because I had said yes those couple of times, but I just felt I wasn't benefiting from it. And and it wasn't a charity, so it's not like... Yeah, they were profiting from your artwork. They were. Yeah. They were. Yeah. I think it was actually Adam who said to me in the end, like it was like the third time they emailed me and he said, no, not unless they pay you. And then he couldn't believe I'd already given them two free artworks. So. And did you say yes because it was 
flattering, a bit exciting to have you work in a yeah. magazine like that. Oh, yeah. And I'm guessing you were like emailed back relatively quickly, being like, oh, thanks so much. Do you know what I mean? Of yeah. course. And it was a really nice, naturey, outdoorsy mm. magazine that I could have seen myself buying and reading. Yeah. Like, obviously, wouldn't have said yes to something that I thought was totally off brand. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought it looked like a nice opportunity at the time, and I don't, I don't regret initially giving them those few artworks. But I just think it, it did get silly when they were sort of trying to turn it into a regular free mm. feature. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that was a great deal for them if I'd kept saying <laughs> yes, but just not a good deal for me. No. And that's why you have to be careful because yeah, you've just got to make sure that you're benefiting from it in some way. It doesn't have to be financially, yeah. but just in some way. Yeah, because working for free suggests. You don't get anything. But there's lots of things that are currency that aren't money. Mm. So that is a saying that exposure doesn't pay the bills. Like, I feel like that goes around Instagram a lot. It's one of those things. And I get that. But from experience, when someone that has a lot of followers has shared my work, I have got a lot of money from it. So... I do think that exposure is really valuable. Like, there's a reason influencers is a thing. Mm. I think just saying no, never do anything for free can really limit you. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, the right exposure is important, making sure it has a good reach and it's the right people you're reaching, which you often don't know till you try, which is why you need to think about what you're accepting. Right, should we move on to the last segment, which is internships and earning skills we did have one of the questions Mm. was should unpaid internships be banned there is a lot of lot of controversy around unpaid internships yeah definitely but i think um quite a lot of the time people doing the internships are doing it because they want to learn a skill or um find a way into an industry that they otherwise don't really have a way into and maybe they don't have a lot of experience so they can actually get an employed position and it's really tricky because yes maybe they shouldn't be totally free and and that's difficult Mm. but also you're going if you choose the right internship and you're gaining a lot of skills a lot of experience a lot of industry experience maybe some contacts and maybe it's going to help you get a job afterwards that might be quite valuable yeah I think it depends and I just personally wouldn't want to get into like an internship that was longer than a month some are up to a year and that's just too long but I think like a problem with internships unpaid ones is it it doesn't let anyone from low-income households take part because they're not going to be earning and they're going to need to be earning they're not going to have anyone to like safety net them kind of thing Mm. so I feel like that's a problem it allows like middle class people upper class people to like get ahead but actually anyone that needs money can't work for free so that's a problem you don't have your family going don't worry darling we'll pay for you to stay in london for a month you can't do an internship that someone else could do yeah okay so b is there any have you done ever worked for free have you ever done an internship or like work work experience that's been relevant to your business i never did an internship no and i did work experience at school um, in an art gallery but it was different because I was at school mm. and I wasn't needing an income yeah um I would just I would say 
never say never. Mm. I, do, I think it's a personal thing. I think it's up to you to decide what's right for you. Yeah, and also with internships, are you just going to be making their tea? Or are you actually going to be gaining <laughs> skills and knowledge? Because yeah. if they're going to treat you like just a free member of staff they can just get to do all the jobs they don't want to do it's probably not going to benefit you very much yeah I think a free internship is really only going to be worth it if as I say you're you're learning really invaluable skills Mm. or like meeting really important contacts in the industry that you're trying to get into but yeah obviously if you're just making tea which I think (laughs) quite a lot of them you get all the jobs that the paid workers don't want to do so not only are you not being paid but you're also just doing quite uninteresting work like that can be an issue it depends what you want to do because maybe had I wanted to do like um animation and I really had no industry knowledge at all then I probably would have benefited from going to a big company that does animation and watching experts do it I might have gained something from that. But yeah, it it really depends on you and what you want, what you want to get out of it and your circumstances. And I don't think you can... No one else can decide that for you. Yeah. I've done... I did an apprenticeship, which was paid for being a picture framer. Mm. And then... And that was invaluable. I frame all my work now. Um, And then I also volunteered at a university where I wasn't being paid at all. They covered travel and she gave me lunch. Um, But... Then she put me on a wood engraving course and it changed my life. So that's the kind of thing where you just don't know what's going to happen. And Yeah, so both of those things were really invaluable. I wouldn't be here if either of those things hadn't happened. So I just think if you say I will never do anything for free, Mm. you will miss out on things. But if you do too much for free, you'll find yourself with very little money and wasted a lot of time. Like you've got to get the balance. Yeah, there is definitely a balance to be had there. What would you take away from our conversation, Be Just that everybody's different Mm. and that you can't say you're never going to work for free because an opportunity might come up that is so invaluable and you're going to gain so much from it. You're going to gain more from it than, you know, just money. Yeah. And so it's all down to personal personal circumstances and what's best for you. And you should always keep an open mind, I think, Mm. when it comes to working for free. Yeah, definitely. What do you think? I think know your value. So just your time has value and don't jump to say yes to things. Give yourself some time between being really flattered by a really lovely email telling you how nice your work is but asking for something. Don't (laughs) reply straight away. I often do. I jump in and I go, oh my God, that's so exciting. Uh, Mm. Give yourself some time. Talk to someone about it and discuss whether it's a good idea. Yeah, and just know your worth, basically. Thank you for listening to this episode. Um, But yeah, hopefully you got something out of it. Made you think if you were saying, no, no way, I would not work for free. Maybe you're now thinking, actually, there are occasions where I might. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. We will be back next week where we will be discussing newsletters. Oh, yes. If you have any questions or you want to email us about what you've heard, you can do so by emailing us at outofink at gmail.com. Try again with the right email address. <laughs> what is our email address? <laughs> it's been that long. Outofinkpodcast at gmail.com. Outofinkpodcast at gmail.com. There we go. Perfect. Perfect.